This is your announcer Chuck Landington, welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. WrestleMania is this weekend, and everyone is excited for the first female main event. China must feel so proud. What? China is dead? Oh no. This this is horrible news. At least X-Pac wasn't alive to see this. What? X-Pac is alive? This is even worse news. I give up. And now, here's the Metal Injection Livecast. Chuck's got that X-Pac heat. Welcome to the Metal Injection Livecast. He also sounded like he's going through robot puberty. His voice cracked. Did you he hear that? He was very upset. There was a lot of emotions. He's a big fan of that China sex tape. There's no emotions in Bland. He's Bland. There's hate. Oh, I guess that's the only feeling. It usually feel. comes through the verbiage, though. But he, this was so powerful that he cracked. Yeah, he got choked up. It's Metal Injection Livecast 509. Like a pair of jeans. No. It's 501s, actually. There's all different ones. They have 501s. Oh, the 501s make my ass look best, so Good I only know. remember that one. Do you hear that, Noah I'm fans? Actually, I'm actually wearing the 501s, I think. Let's yeah. see. Give us a twirl. <laughs> oh, yeah. very. Oh, yeah. Very flattering to your ass. Especially when I pull them up like mm-hmm, that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why don't you... Sid and I can run the podcast if you want to run in the other room for a minute. Just twirl. <laughs> but Noah's me. ass isn't here. I'm saying if you want to get more elaborate, you could do all different kind of poses. Yeah, dude, if try you want, on different I, can, pants. I can hotbox you in the other room like Bruno hotboxed oh, us before oh the show. God. That oh, God. Oh, no. I, and I, I, I don't mean to nitpick, <laughs> Noah, but it wasn't even a hotbox. It was a, just a fart into a wide open room and yet felt like a hotbox. And it didn't hit you until like three or four <laughs> minutes after it hit me. That's how potent it was. Uh, well, Rob theorized that maybe there There's was a, a second. second shooter. Yes. <laughs> I think it was a, it was double trouble for us. Grassy Noel. Uh, I got it when I was in the corner, picking something up. It like shifted all the way to the corner. You know, is, is it I think still, it's still in lingering? Here? Yeah, yeah, it's like I the fucking the Oort cloud <laughs> traveling through the so, universe here. <laughs> My name is Rob. Hi, Rob. I'm here with Noah. Hi, Sid. Hello, and Darren. Qué pasa? And uh, we have a very special guest. A little in a little bit. His name is Jay Rustin. He's Coming on our segment, Beyond the Band, Back from the Grave. That's the name Wait. of the segment? Beyond the Band, Back from the Grave, yes. That's when we talk about people who died that were on the show, but now they've been resurrected. No, uh, the segment, Beyond the Band, is coming back from the grave. Oh. Not that it was dead, it was just on a hiatus. And uh, you could be a part of the show anytime you want, as long as you're listening live. We are live every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And uh, if you're listening live, you can dial 213-WIDE-NUT to be a part of the show. That's 213-943-3688. What happens if we dial 213-WIFE-BUT? <laughs> who, who do we get then? Well, wife and wide would be the same. So it would just be the butt. Would yeah. Be, the B would be different. Yeah. yeah, it would be a one instead of a... Uh, or wide-butt then. I, I mean, a two, be right? Because one wide. doesn't have any... Right. Should we ask somebody to call that number and report back to us, or is that somehow illegal? Is that an FCC? I would rather not, yeah. All right, then definitely don't do that, guys, and then definitely don't call back and report to us. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I mean, we could could call. That is probably even worse. It's not FCC. It's just, uh, like, general rules of, like, not harassing people. Fair enough. (laughs) Right? Am I right on that? Yeah. That's why we can't do uh, elaborate prank calls. Yeah. Well, we could. We just have to get 
tell the person afterward that it's a prank and get their permission aired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we couldn't do it live. We'd have to pre-record and then hopefully get permission. Uh, do we have to follow FCC rules if we're on the internet? That's not. That's what I'm saying. It's not. It's an not FCC. an FCC rule. It's just like a federal law. FCC also has further rules that mm. that also prohibit that. But do we have yeah. any lawyers that listen to this show that can advise us? Alan. Oh, Alan. Oh, Alan. Alan. He doesn't listen to. The but show. he's a lawyer that we could ask to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Why don't you text him? See what's up. Why don't you, you text him? I don't have his fucking number. Why Are you don't, kidding? Why don't we prank him? And then, <laughs> <laughs> if he sues us, yeah, we'll know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Just yeah, call him on the air yeah. and ask him. The, the Dare th- him to sue us. <laughs> but then hire him to defend us against his lawsuit. <laughs> Just <laughs> incept him. Interesting. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I watched the Motley Crue movie on Netflix, oh. The Dirt. Oh. I think it's a definite contender for a running commentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on the list. Uh, and I, someone say it was boring. I will say uh, my critique of it is the exact same as Bohemian Rhapsody. There was no plot, and if it wasn't for the music, it'd be like, it's just like depression porn. Because it's, I mean, it... it, it, it Confronts all the shitty things that happened to each one of them, mm-hmm. like Nikki Six's heroin addiction, uh, Vince Neil killing uh, Razzle. Yeah, and then killing his own baby Daniel. And then his baby oh. dying of cancer. Baby Danielle. Uh-huh. Oh, that's not and, her name. And, uh, well, the funny... Th- so, a little bit of a spoiler. I'm not going to give too many spoilers, okay. but a little bit of a spoiler. How could there be a spoiler? Is, uh, so, when, after Vince Neil uh kills Razzle and then he does his time he goes back to the band and he he sees them in the rehearsal studio for the first time since getting out of jail how long was he in jail for a month yeah. or 18 days yeah. he was he was sentenced to a month he did 18 yeah. days <clears throat> and so the first thing that anybody says is Nikki Six tells him do you want a bump mm-hmm. okay and then his response was like, I just got out of fucking jail, man. And then the way that he rationalizes the vehicular manslaughter that he committed. And I, I don't know if rationalizes the term, but he goes like, that could have been any one of us in that car with Razzle, man. It just happened to be me. So I don't want to see that guilt trip. And it's like, okay, so you're all murderers yeah like what sure, all right <laughs> like i think it's supposed to make you feel sympathetic towards vince Neil. like oh it's just, like it's just it was not, his bad luck yeah yeah but it's like <laughs> yeah it's like no uh and um, like it just happened that he but, was behind yeah. the wheel and i could totally point. believe him actually in the moment in real life rationalizing it that way oh yeah yeah i could believe that as yeah. well uh and and with the like Bohemian Rhapsody, there was no struggle. It was just here's how we formed, and we're successful. Instant stardom. Yeah, instant <laughs> stardom. Let's get to. It was clear that the writers or or Netflix or whoever was like, let's get to when they're successful and just is that still what actually happened though? Like, did they actually have a quick? I don't know that. No, I mean, the, no. There was like a big. They they sped through the. But what, do, did they actually have a quick rise to stardom in real yeah. life? Like, how long were the early days? I don't know the origin story of Motley Crue. No, I don't think it was that quick. They weren't an overnight success. They, okay. they had to put in their time. Uh, and the movie did help me realize, like, Motley Crue have some really good songs. They do. Yeah. I like, was a big fan of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Rob was singing them. 
girls, uh, girls when we girls. were hanging out. No, it wasn't girls. Well, girls, no, girls. that's the thing. Like, I feel like their legacy is tainted by all the mainstream the later shitty stuff. stuff. Well, it's tainted by them being taints. It's tainted by <laughs> yeah, them being well, horrible, yeah. <laughs> horrible people. But like the early stuff was was really good. It's like what's really good that, pop metal. What's the song that you really liked? Um, the one that you're singing. On Saturday. Oh, ride. well, uh, uh, Looks That Kill is the one that, that's been mm. most in my head. Uh-huh. Shout at the Devil. Yeah, Shout at the Devil's great. Yeah. A live wire. Yeah. It's like, and I was just thinking, like, there's no hard rock band. Like, I feel like if a hard rock band kind of, in a way, mimicked what Motley Crue is doing, which is, like, do the metal elements and the satanic stuff, but with very catchy vocals, mm-hmm. it would be huge. It's like, it's oh. weird how no one is ripping off Motley Crue right now because they would be well. Mass he, when you say huge, what do you mean by huge? Because huge isn't really a thing in rock music. Tommy so Lee's much penis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he means <laughs> nine inches. Like there's no new huge. Well, I, I think it could be it could be an act that could could like kind of wave the banner for rock. I mean, it's easy to say like go rip off Motley Crue and, and yeah. be, be huge, but. Uh, yeah, no. It's Can I just say, so... Um, you could say whatever you want. You have this seven is... minutes. Okay. <laughs> the timer's on. So I want to watch... I'm going to watch the whole thing, but I had started watching it um, the other night, and I did not like the start of it, where it's kind of like them at the house party. This is how the whole documentary, the whole movie begins. And Tommy Lee is eating some girl out, and then she like squirts and it's like a geyser shooting out of her pussy. Is, are you yeah. sure you were watching the movie? No, this yeah. was the movie. It may have I been Pornhub. And no, I thought was, that was so lame. Squirting wasn't invented yet. Back yeah, then, like, what are they talking about? That was so lame. It was such a shock value. There's a lot of that, How a lot of debauchery. scene? Like the, well, it's up for comedic. You could see her puss. Are they up in her oh, bandage really? You see lips? Uh, really? No, I, I mean, thought it was like a com- side shot. It's a side shot, but you can see the outline of it. I mean, she's got like hair on it and stuff, but... Uh, but yeah, it's it's set for comedic effect. Like there's it's it's li- it literally looks like a hose. You know, uh, are women basically just props in this movie, or is there any like legitimate female character? Is it just like no. people to yeah? Fuck they're really and then like on Vince Neil's wife. Yeah, every, and that's the thing. Yeah, they are props because the prop the one of the running stories is how everyone fucks all the other guys' girlfriends mm-hmm. behind their backs. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> it, it fails. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't even try. To, okay. to fill in its name on the back of the Intentional F. Uh, and uh, Pete Davidson is in it as what? like as the A&R guy. Is uh, he just giggling the whole time or is he actually acting? He actually has a relatively, like as far as supporting really roles. He's Pete Davidson. Uh, after the, the big four, he's like. That's awesome. He's Good on him. screen. Yeah. Uh, and. But yeah, the movie is an hour and 48. It feels like 248. Oh, Just geez. because it's like, it never ends. Like, okay, let's get on with it. Like once On it get- with the show. That's one of their songs. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It's a ballad. What are your favorite Motley Crue songs? I, we named them already. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just the first couple albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Feelgood, beginning of the decline for me. Yeah. Mm. But Dr. Feelgood, the song. It's okay. It's a, yeah. it's a good song. I heard that way too much when I first got MTV. It was mm. like one of those songs that was on constant rotation. What was the fucking... There was a different song of theirs that was even more overplayed at that point. I don't know if it was on that Kickstart album. Kickstart My Home Sweet Home? No. Kickstart no. My Home Hold on. First album. Keep talking. Oh, yeah. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> but, uh, we're not, not going to keep talking. We're Robert just going to wait for me as I Google. Uh... Also, the Tommy Lee, 
was written so kindly to Tommy Lee. Really? Like I'm surprised. By does that. Pam make an appearance? Uh no, not really. No. Heather Locklear is the Heather Locklear is in the movie. Well you say not really. Does she make a short appearance? Is that No, they don't they don't specifically they don't really get to that like they kind of wrap it up the majority of the movie happens in the 80s and then they kind of speed through the 90s where like dead baby uh they do the dead baby yeah yeah they do vince leaving the band they do the dead baby they do the whoa (laughs) michael jackson in this movie (laughs) no he only likes living babies Uh, without you is the song that i was talking about which mtv played to fucking death it was another shitty power ballad kind of thing yeah i don't know awful Go on. Uh, hello, hello uh, just want to leave a voicemail. If you're not using that baby, it was a girl. Send, send it on over. Sorry, Michael is a girl. Oh damn. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Click. Call me back when you have a son. <laughs> Before he dies. Even if it's dead, I'll I'll settle. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ramsey Bolton played Mick Mars, uh-huh. which I thought was the guy who played Vince Neil. It was weird because when they get to the '90s. The real Vince Neil grows a beard, mm-hmm. and whoever did the makeup or the fake beard, it was like the fifth grade play. Where the guy couldn't just grow an actual beard? I don't think so. Though, to was... be honest, Vince Neil's beard looked fake when he had one. Yeah, that's yeah. true. It looked like a, a bearded lady kind of situation. It looked like, a, like permanent makeup or something. Yeah. It looked like the thing when you when you were a kid and you play with the magnets. And yes! You have a beard. Yes! <laughs> So maybe that was on purpose that they made the actor's beard look artificial. Mm, possible. And I won't like, and, and, you know, obviously the band was involved because ultimately Vince Neil redeems himself, whereas the real Vince Neil is just a wreck. Like, yeah. if you've watched any, I, I haven't seen, I never saw Motley Crue because anytime I would see any sort of live clip of them at a point where I could go see them, Vince Neil was a truck. Like, Isn't there something like circulating recently, some audio of them in concert that sounds awful I saw? There was something. I feel like somebody sent it to us, maybe. It was like I saw there was a video of uh, him doing Kickstart My Heart, yeah. and it was just like embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, wow. This, oh. Is not, this is not Motley Crue, by the way. This is the Vince Neil band. But just, just I wanted... To Who's focus the on the vocal. Vince Neil. <laughs> what do I win? <laughs> so this is this is them playing Kickstart My Heart. Yeah. Even though it's not Motley Crue. Right. Sounds like a cat. A cat and Pete. What up? <laughs> wow. Let's see if I. Can. I mean, that's sort of how he always sounded. No. Well, it? it's like an deteriorated version. Yeah. Let me let me find like uh. He was a key. Okay. A here's good vocalist. Here is "Kickstart yeah. My Heart" in 1989. Let, let's hear the it. live version or the a live song? version. This is another like. Paint by numbers, Motley. After they were past their prime, mm-hmm. like Doctor Feelgood, terrible album. It's just made for like live performance, for like crowd sing along. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I feel like that's what all Motley Crue is, but they just did it better before. Yes. At this point, they were like asleep at the wheel. No pun intended. They were asleep at the wheel. (laughs) You intended that shit, you liar. (laughs) Yeah, it was just, you know, for a couple albums there after they gave up, they could still just like roll out of bed and write like a hit song. Great. I can't even really hear this. Yeah, this is... Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds better just because it's further away, but I, so I don't know that it's actually better. That's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, I, I saw, I saw like, a studio... Okay, here we go. This is from their final show. Ever? Yeah. And I want to point out, they obviously overdubbed it later. Like, this isn't a live stream. And so this is even with an overdub. Wait, does this sound bad? Oh. It's on my house. Well, like, when you're drinking and smoking and stuff, it's hard to hit those notes. It like, sounds this, out of breath. This sounds yeah. pretty good for what it is. It does is. sound better than I thought. You're right. Wait. He's not even saying yeah, words. Yeah, he's yeah. just giving it. Yeah, that's That's, that's what how I sing along at concerts. Something, something, something. Let me go back. Something, something, my heart. I forgot this part. I'm a <laughs> the Mexican city of Barcelona. That's where the show was. Oh. I think I have an even better recording here. This is uh, from three miles away, and it was three hours after the show. <laughs> this sounds even better than the other two. Crystal clear. Yeah. Great production. Really. Awesome. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> So they don't tour together as a band anymore? That's done? Yeah, they signed contracts where they would never tour again. Why? Because they just did their final tour for a whole year. So Who they did they c- sign the contracts to? Like, Each, like I'm confused. So in order to, let's say they have a change of, <laughs> and they want to tour again, what do they have to do? Get like a lawyer to work this out? It's like I've reversing never heard of a I've never heard of that, but have yeah. you heard of that before? Let, let me look up the exact details. That screams publicity stunt to me. Of course it was a publicity stunt. Yeah, like yeah, a loser right. leaves town match in wrestling. <laughs> it's just like, all right, you're just going to be injured for like six months and then we'll have you back. They signed a cessation of touring agreement. The loser gets vehicularly manslaughtered. Yeah. This sounds made up. What does that mean? Uh, no, this was to promote their final tour. And Which was when? In 2015. Okay. And it forbids the group from touring after the final tour. Um, it doesn't say what the... What's the... Pe- yeah, what's the penalty? What if they tour and just spell their name differently? Like, what are the stipulations here? This is just nonsense. Take the umlauts off. Yeah. <laughs> Did they know there was going to be a movie of their book coming out that they could totally tour and promote? But isn't it, isn't it based off of Nikki Six's book? Off his autobiography? No, that's a different... No, is there it? was a Motley Crue book, The Dirt, and then it's Nikki like an Six, oral history, and then Nikki Six so released, released 
released the heroin diaries. Oh, heroin. the heroin diaries. That's okay. Yes, which Sorry. I believe is might also be being optioned for. We a, need two a Motley movie. Crew movies, really. So yes. Motley Crue movie. Uh, I, I heard actually, I heard a rumor about this film that they hired a fat Jewish uh, yeah. man <laughs> to play Vince Neil, and he was very upset about it because he wasn't fat enough. <laughs> <laughs> it was Seth Rogen. He had to gain weight for the role. <laughs> oh, <Jeez>. God! <laughs> Come on. Uh, or like Bob's Muda. Is he still alive? Oh, we could get God. him to play Vince Neil. He is right. still alive. Yeah. They probably railroaded um, the ran a train on the same woman at some point in the eighties. Do you remember when Vince Neil was like on the surreal life or something in yes. VH one? No. I remember yes, I do remember that. And I also remember when Vince Neil was on this like pilot on VH one about plastic surgery. Oh no. Was that with his wife? Because I was gonna say that he looked just like her and they could just use her for the movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember they were like, "We're gonna fix his face, oh. and like we're gonna get oh, him yeah, back." Yeah, yeah. And because he had bad plastic surgery, and they were like, "So we're gonna do Good. very tasteful <laughs> plastic surgery." And I remember afterwards, it was like. That's good. They made that's him look like that South American fresco that that <laughs> old woman accidentally or the cat lady. Yeah. Oh, Vince. You mean the fake Jesus Christ? Yeah. Thing? Oh, <laughs> that gives me nightmares. Still better than Vince Neil. Oh, you should have got that thing to play Vince Neil. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> It'd sound better at least. Just <laughs> tap a microphone against the canvas. Lay <laughs> out. But that's ridiculous that they can't tour. That I don't understand. Like you yeah, said, they're not going to tour. I hope it's a publicity stunt because it just doesn't make any sense. Well, just, they, if you don't want to tour, don't fucking tour. Yeah. Like, well, that I mean, that was a public like yeah, it was to get publicity for the final tour at the time. They were to prove to fans that this is for oh, legitimately the final tour. I see. Because I'm assuming the ticket prices were crazy. Yeah. yeah, but you could still fucking. I mean, come on, it's not an impediment. Uh. Yeah, I, it's I, not, I, but like they're, they're sticking to it. Like there's an interview. Now. There's an interview from last month where. Oh really? Yeah, Nikki Six said they're not going to tour, or they're not even going to do a one-off. They're done. Do any of well, so Vince Neil has the Vince That's Neil band. Yes. To be done. Vince Neil does solo shows. Does anyone else still tour of them? Is there anyone? Well, else in the band? today it came out, and I'm I'm genuinely, well, ironically excited about this. Tommy Lee is doing a new Methods of Mayhem. Oh, album. of course. <laughs> That's not surprising. Yeah, I mean, of course, it makes sense. Fucking Duke Claw. <laughs> <laughs> but the two actual musicians in the band, they don't tour anymore? I know Nikki Six is like a radio guy. Nick Mars Nick, is an well, space. Nikki Six has a band. His band is like Six Sense. Oh, God. With DJ right. Ashba, but they haven't done anything in a while. Okay. And then Mick Mars can't, can barely walk at this point, probably. So I don't he's know. He's an alien. He right. He's got that bone disease that yeah. we ruthlessly yeah. <laughs> mocked a few weeks ago. I have <laughs> no regrets. Zero regrets. <laughs> he's rich. I never feel bad about doing mean things about oh. rich people. Fuck him. He could afford health care. What if he's rich and a good person? Even still, fuck him. Doubtful. He could afford to me for me to say fuck him. Okay. It doesn't cost him anything. Not too many rich people that are good. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, Mick Mars. I throw the gauntlet down. Prove to us that you're good. Exactly. Make me somehow feel bad for goofing. I on dare you. you to say it to his face. Would I, how hard, low would I have to hunch down at this point? 
What's but sure, the... give Mick Mars in a room with me. Fine. That, what's he? That's very low hanging fruit. Yeah. That's like one of the people I think Sid could kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, to I be think... honest with you. I don't know. I th- I feel like Sid has like Mr. Burns's strength. I <laughs> I don't. Jeez, I, right. I, but what? How? Uh, listen. Even, let's just posit that for the sake of argument that uh-huh. Sid has Mr. Burns's strength. Uh-huh. How much more than Mr. Burns's strength do you need to beat the shit out of Mick Mars? Someone with a bone disease. I, 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 <laughs> come on. I think Mr. All Burns right. could beat the shit out yeah, of. Yeah, I guess Sid does have a chance. And even if Mick Mars gets in a big shot, like a roundhouse haymaker, <laughs> and connects with Sid, how hard would it be to run away from Mick Mars? His fist would explode. The, all the bones <laughs> would instantly shatter. Oh, okay. So I'd but get be back up it. and then finish him off. That's right. That's Douglas Levison actually linked to the video that I saw where he sounded bad, uh, okay. Vince Neil. So let me... We'll do a poll tomorrow on the site to who who'd yeah. win in a fight, Sid or Mick Mars. Rob, he just uh, broke uh, it broke your server with all the videos that came through where he sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, which one? This is so embarrassing. It sounds like someone doing karaoke, like yeah. a drunk college girl doing karaoke. <laughs> This is why the Sex Pistols just unplugged Sid Vicious's amp. Is that way you don't get like recordings like this where you can laugh at them? It just there's no evidence. I guess you can't really do that with a lead singer, but I yeah. don't know. I don't think the fans would have been that upset. <laughs> just let us sing. What it. is that? Is that? I don't know. Wow! I don't remember it sounding like that on the original song. Can we hear that part of the song? Yeah. Because I think that's morphed. Maybe well, I'm wrong. While I pl- while I look up the original, here's the. Well, can you look up the original yeah. while I just. Got it. I, f- I haven't heard this song in a long time, but I don't remember it sounding like it. Oh, no. Can we hear that part what again? What did you say? So this is without the overdub. Who really nap? I need a nap. <laughs> Sounds like an old man. Like or It sounds like a sick. cat. Yeah. Just the, the like... In heat. Kickstart my Bruno again. Did he just say the end? That's what I thought. Oh no! <laughs> is it okay? Is it cool with you guys if I say this? Vince Steel Band banned from New Zealand. I said it with an A at the end. What <laughs> up? <laughs> He says heart like he's from Boston. Tim Allen makes a lot of good points. (laughs) (laughs) He's a true prophet of our time. (laughs) Is he on helium? (laughs) What is is this? Could be. Play some more of that. What the fuck? Is this all one? This is like this is one perfect like mashup or a... It's like just cut to the parts of right. him singing this, in the song. It's just this, like the best worst of. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's Cab Calloway having a brain aneurysm. <laughs> yada, 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 yada. Thank you, Douglas Levison. This is exactly the clip I was talking about. Boobily, 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 bee. It might be Vince Neil having a brain yeah, aneurysm. Fair enough. Oh my, my heart! 
so uncomfortable. Maya! My yogurt! Please pass the yogurt! <laughs> what the fuck is he saying? Oh. Nonsense, like phonemes strung together. How do you think he feels about meet and greets? <laughs> Not what the fun. hell is that? <laughs> so that was great. Too. Now let's play the original. Okay. May not even be recognizable as the same song. Yeah. <laughs> Should I just fast forward yeah, fast to forward. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I it mean, is kind of like it's that. It's not that far away, actually. What are those words he says there? Maya! I guess it is. I guess it is yeah. that. All right, I apologize. Right. Yeah, my heart, my heart. I have to. I gotta give you an apology, Vince. It sounds just as shitty on the album version, so you're not fucking it up live. Start, still sounds terrible, the way you meant it. I mean, it's good I production. I like it. Yeah. Sure. Uh, kind of ironic that the lyrics are like, "When I get high, I get high on speed, top fuel, funny cars, a drug for me." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Always got the cops coming after me. <laughs> was this this was after he killed that dude, right? No, before. Especially really? when really, especially when a little girl's in my front seat. Oh, this time oh. Speaking of production, should we get our guests on the line? Uh, we will get our guests on the line first. I want to quickly mention if you could just. Oh yeah, sure. I, I was me playing it. Sorry. <laughs> Darren, stop playing uh, instruments. One band that could definitely beat up Motley Crue. Mashuga. And Mashuga oh. have a bunch of vinyl reissues that I'm pretty pumped about. The Swedish Hipster. Extreme Tech Metal Pioneers have released 10 of their albums on a limited one-time-only vinyl pressing that includes reimagined cover art, redesigned gatefold jackets, and audio mastered for vinyl. Very, very cool. You can visit NuclearBlast.com for various vinyl colors. This includes Meshuggah's Meshuggah EP, Contradictions Collapse, None, Destroy, Erase, Improve, Chaosphere, Nothing, I, Catch 33, Abzen, and Coloss. Of course, don't miss Meshuggah's U.S. dates this May with special guests The Black Dahlia Murder. I'm even going to get off my ass to go to those shows because Meshuggah is my favorite band ever. Is that true? Really? Wow. It's true. Awesome. Well, my favorite metal band. I guess Pink Floyd's my favorite band. And then, uh, I so didn't yeah, know that. The Meshuggah vinyl reissues are available at NuclearBlast.com. They are a great band. And just, just so we're clear on the facts, uh, kickstart my heart five years after he killed that guy. Oh, okay. Oh. So, yeah, good timing there. Classic. Well, yeah. It's time for All right, we're going to get our guest on the line, Jay Rusty. Very he's excited. A, he is a producer extraordinaire. He Surfer. recently worked with Amana Marth on their new so album. So did we, Big Boop. I know, but he was like right there. I'm looking at it. He was like hands-on involved in their upcoming album, which there's no name for it just yet. There's no information. There is. Oh, there is. Yes. 
There's all the information. Oh, okay, great. Then he can talk about it without us getting in trouble. I, I mean, Lambgo covered it. No, I'm surprised. Oh, hey, uh, oh. <laughs> reverse Lambgoated. Wow. How's it feel? That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's true. They did. You post post that link in the chat. The album, by the way, is called Berserker. <laughs> it's out in May. Okay. All right, let's get Jay on the line before it's May. You want me to call him? <laughs> no, I got it. All right, cool. Hello. Hello, Jay. It's Rob. How you doing, sir? Thank you so much for being on the Metal Injection Livecast. You're also here with Noah. Hello. Sid. Hey. And Darren. Hi. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Very good. Now, it's pretty crazy. We're calling you in the past because you're three hours behind <laughs> That's us. That's true. <laughs> so you're, it's still the afternoon for you. Uh, and, and you have been a busy guy. Uh, you you just completed working on uh, a Monomarth's album, Berserker. Uh, what are you, are, are you working? Can you talk mm-hmm. about if you're working on anything now? Yeah, I'm just finishing the uh, Black Star Riders, which is the uh, original project of the Thin Lizzy guys, and that's pretty much all mixed and done. We're mastering this week, so and that comes out on Nuclear Blast later this year. Very, very cool. And also, about halfway through a new Steel Panther record as well. Mm. Yeah, and I feel like uh, so people might not know this, but you 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 produced all their records, right? Most of them. All the good ones. Yeah, yeah, get yes. them all. Yes. So you are, <laughs> you're like the unsung fifth member of Steel Panther. Uh, apparently, yeah. They uh, they keep calling me, so I guess I guess they're happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I, I think uh, you make a lot of bands happy. <laughs> you've also worked with Anthrax. What are some of the other bands uh, that you've worked with in recent Stone years? Stone Sour. Yeah, yeah, a couple of records with Stone Sour and Avatar. I do a lot of stuff with them. They're actually in the process of sending me some demos right now, which is, you know, they're far off from making another record, but at least they're writing. And, you know, I love when bands just keep writing and writing and sending me stuff. It's great. And same with Anthrax. They're sending me demos, and we're going to meet up soon and just, you know, get in a room and jam and whatnot. So that's always fun, too. So, so yeah, it's uh, going to be a busy year. These are all metal bands, but they they all do have their own kind of unique sound. Do you have to get into like a different headspace uh, working with these different bands or to kind of just take it as it comes along? Yeah, definitely. You know, because I've produced all kinds of different genres and mixed all kinds of different genres. I did a pop opera record. I did a ton of pop music in the early 2000s with Desmond Child and a bunch of the Swedish songwriting guys you know who wrote with backstreet boys and everything so i definitely have made a lot of different music so i approach the mix kind of the same you know it's just mixing is a whole other art form it's like comparing you know being a gardener to a chef it's just two completely different things whereas producing and engineering are kind of similar and but yeah i definitely depending on the band and the dynamic and you know how they get along and what their writing process is everything is always different um but yeah it's and a lot of these bands are returning clients so i can i know what i'm in for i know what to expect i know what's gonna go quick what's gonna take longer you know that kind of thing 
could you talk a little bit about what um like what you do as a producer i know that it changes with each band and it really depends on the personalities but if if someone was thinking about becoming a music producer what's what's ahead of them well again yeah like you said it depends on the band but i approach it a bit i'm a little old school just because i'm you know i'm 46 so i i came up during you know analog tape and you know, giant analog consoles and, you know, making records the way they made records for decades. Mm -hmm. And I worked with producers who made classic records. So I learned how to do it that way where the producer showed up and was basically in charge of the session, like booking the studio, booking rehearsals, making sure the gear was right, helping the band pick songs, working on arrangements, you know, not necessarily getting involved with writing and whatnot, but, you know, just listening to demos and giving my opinion and and trying to make things better obviously and then once we're in the studio encouraging them making them feel comfortable i i just try and make my sessions just be fun and you know let's be easy going about this because if everybody's relaxed and nobody's stressed and you're just going to get a better record so i create a very you know positive environment that way yep. if possible and but you know a lot of my peers get a lot deeper you know they get into writing with the band they play instruments on the records um they there's people that literally do everything that i've worked with where like the band just basically showed up and maybe played a few instruments the singer definitely sang but you know it just again it depends on the artist and you know a lot of my bands are somewhat older more established so mm -hmm. we make records the old way where we rehearse like crazy so everyone's ready and we walk in the studio and, and we record already knowing all, the hard work's already done all the songwriting all the arrangement but i like to go to rehearsals i like to fix arrangements that aren't working or if there's a song where i don't think a chorus is happening i might say you know that isn't great i'm not going to write it for you but i'm just telling you if you can have a second look at that i'd like you to and usually they're pretty agreeable um Except Corey Taylor. Fuck that guy. No, I'm just <laughs> um, um, But yeah, a lot of times songwriters, you know, they're like, hey, this is my baby. What are you doing? And I'm like, look, my goal is the same as yours, to make the best possible record. And, you know, if I think that you could do better, I'm going to tell you, but I'm not going to write it for you. But a lot of producers do. Have, um, I'm sure that you've had some, like, mentors as you've uh, gone through your career. Is there, like a lesson that you always think of or like what's like a key thing that you've learned? I worked with a couple producers that, you know, taught me a lot of different things. And one of them was this uh, producer named Jack Richardson. He was, I'm Canadian and he was a Canadian producer and he produced the guess who American woman. And he produced uh, Bob Seeger, Alice Cooper and he discovered Bob Ezrin as well and kind of brought Bob Ezrin up. And his son was Garth Richardson, or known as Good Good Garth, who produced the first Rage Against the Machine record. So I came up with these Canadian producers and learning all kinds of stuff from them. And most like studio etiquette, being prepared. You know, those guys are really old school. You know, if somebody shows up not ready and not, you know, not doing their job, you know, screaming and yelling would start happening. And that's just the way it was. And you don't see a lot of that these days because it's just such a different way of making records. There's no money, the budgets, you know, whereas, you know, people would get $2 million to make a record. Now they're lucky if they get 20 grand. And so things have changed, but I, I think preparedness and, 
walking in the studio with something that's ready to go is probably the best advice that I learned from those guys. Um, and then I mentored under, um, this guy, Nick Blagona, who worked with the police and deep purple. And he was very technical and an amazing engineer and taught me about, you know, signal flow and how really how to work an analog console and, you know, beat the crap out of it and get what you need out of it. And, he always made really amazing sounding records. So, you know, he was somebody that I learned a lot from. So you kind of take something different from each mentor. And then I worked with a lot of pop guys, you know, Desmond Child taught me how to record vocals because we would, we would record these pop singers. One song would take eight to 10 hours. You know, I've never done that with a rock band. Most rock singers, you know, we knock it out in an hour or two and it's done. Sounds great. And, but with pop, it's totally different. You have to do layers and layers and layers of background vocals. And some rock bands, of course, do that like Queen and other bands, but not everybody does that. So learning, you know, how to, you know, produce a vocal, piece together a great emotional vocal. You know, I pulled a lot of that from Desmond and, and from the Swedes. <sighs> And, you know, we do have a lot of hopeful producers listening. <laughs> and and for somebody that wants to break into production or uh, engineering, like what would you say would be a good first few steps of like trying to get their foot in the door with the music industry? There's a couple different ways. A lot of guys go to school um, and that has become a very expensive racket. And a lot of these recording schools charge a ton of money and some of them are great and some of them are not. And it just depends who's teaching. And, you know, a lot of times you have teachers that have made great records and know what the hell they're doing. And that's awesome. And, but sometimes they don't. So it's always a risk, obviously, and it's expensive. But if you can get in under a producer, uh, you know, the mentor situation always is always good. But again, that's also changing because budgets are changing. And, you know, I used to be somebody's assistant then i was somebody's engineer then i was producing and you know it's hard to work up that ladder now because unless you're in a different type of music say than rock or metal and when i make pop music which i still do sometimes i see you know a lot more people in the room because there's just a lot more money being spent mm. um so but yeah i i think as a young producer a lot of the ones that I meet and that I work with, or if I mix for them or just happen to be on projects, a lot of them have just found bands, produced them. And I did that a lot too, you know, just go to a show, find a band, say, Hey, I'm going to, let's do some demos together. And I did that when I first moved to LA constantly, I would just, I would go to shows like three or four nights a week and say, Hey, that band's really cool. I have a studio at my disposal. Let's go in and record a couple songs. And that's probably where I met, made most of my early connections in Los Angeles, which led to other great things. So you just never know who you're going to meet and, you know, it, and where it's going to lead. That's yeah, that, that is good advice. And I would say definitely if you, if you want to could afford going to a school, research the people that teach at the school and see what they've done. And if it kind of lines up with what you're doing. <clears throat> Absolutely. And and what about with band like on the other side of it? Uh, what what is your advice to bands that are trying to uh, work on a bit of a budget but could use some guidance? Like I, I I'm talking about bands that probably couldn't afford you. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give them? Well, I've been in situations where bands have approached me and said, "Hey, we're going to make this record ourselves. Can you mix it?" Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll mix it. 
well, can we send you stuff as we're going and will you help us and give us advice? And yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that because why not? If you're going to pay me to mix it, you might as well try and, you know, get the most out of this relationship and let's work together. So send me your demos first before you record. Okay, who are you going to record with? And oftentimes if a band comes to me and says, we can't afford you, but who should we record with? And I have a whole slew of people and engineers that I can say, okay, go to this guy because he's going to not only record you properly, but he's also got great ears and can give you good advice as a producer would, Mm -hmm. but he's going to cost a lot less or, you know, he needs the work or whatever, you know, for whatever reason. So I'll generally, if it's a indie band that has not worked with a producer and they've just recorded this stuff themselves and they've approached me in some way, I will absolutely try and, get involved at any point of the process if I can make it better. And if they listen, great. If they don't, you know, that's up to them. So, um, and you know, I, I don't think I always have the best ideas in the world. I'm just going to throw out my opinion. And if you agree, you know, so be it. I don't get super precious about it. I'm just going to tell you if I like it or I don't. What's, um, what's like one of your favorite moments from your career? Like what's like a highlight moment? Um, I have a few. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, I enjoy all the records with all the bands, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it's the first time, like the first time I got in the studio with Anthrax and we really started to finish worship music, which was kind of mostly nice. done, um, musically. So really I just had to get in with Joey and start doing vocals and we hit it off immediately and had a really good relationship and a great vibe and that was really cool I I really enjoyed that and then of course we've made all kinds of music since then so it's been very easy to to rekindle that each time you know because I you know a lot of time will go by where I don't see him but um, I really enjoyed going to Sweden and working with Avatar in their hometown a couple years ago that was really fun in Gothenburg Um, Back in my pop days, uh, me and Desmond Child did a season of American Idol, which was just mind-blowing, you know, seeing the difference between adding television to a musical project is like, you know, the budget is times a million. Like, it's it's just crazy, like, what they spend and what they do. And, you know, we we had four rooms at the record plant, you know, filled constantly, and it was crazy. It was really stressful and I hated a lot of moments of it, but it was also an incredible experience and help, you know, helped me in a lot of different ways making music under very stressful situations. So now, you know, when I walk in a studio now, I'm never apprehensive or nervous or worried about anything because I've been just in through hell and back with TV deadlines and stuff. You can't imagine that type of pressure. Yeah, no, it's always like, uh, I mean, I always think of like, um, Chris Rock's, um, Chris Rock's bit where he just says like pressure makes diamonds like you have to like you you come out of a stressful and um a stressful situation like a better person if you don't have that stress like you'll you'll never know how to handle it oh absolutely and yeah I've I've been in uh, meetings where you know record company people will come to the studio and hear the record and you can tell maybe they're not quite happy or something's not quite right. And which is why I always hate playing unfinished things for Mm. people. And, and then, but then at the same time, it kind of kicks everybody in the ass and say, okay, well we better deliver and we better, you know, step up our game here. And, you know, a lot of times it's just a part of the process. And I have a saying, which is trust the process, which means 
it is a process. It takes time. Everything has to just sort of happen in a row. And when someone shows up in the middle of that process, it's just the most difficult day because you have to like play them. Well, this is missing and this is supposed to sound like that. And this isn't mixed. And which is why I kind of adopted a process to make records that a lot of people don't, which is I make one song at a time. So basically once we have, I set the whole band up in the studio, I have everybody's tones up and ready to go. And I don't just do drums for a week and then bass for a week and guitars for two weeks and so on and so forth. I, we walk in that first day and we record the drums and the bass for the first song and then we overdub the guitars and then we do the vocals so by the end of that first night or halfway through the second day we have a song totally finished and listenable and rough mixed and kind of happening and maybe it's missing guitar solo maybe it's missing keyboards whatever background vocals um but at least if at some point during the record a manager or an A&R person or whoever shows up yeah I can play them a few songs that sound like something rather than when you've just done drums for a week. Well, okay, this is what this should sound like, you know? I, um, I never thought about how you have to kind of like work with people who are more like on the business side and creative people. Yeah, it's, it can be strange sometimes because you have to walk right down the middle and, Mm -hmm. You know, the managers generally stay out of the creative process. You know, they have a huge task anyway. Um, and, of course, the label always wants to have, you know, their opinion. And it's just you got to figure out how to make everybody happy. And it's not always possible. But my my number one interest is always the band. And if I can make the band happy, that's great. And then if I can make everybody else happy too, then even better. And so it's a, it can be challenging, but yeah, I mean, the band is the client, so they're number one. Uh, before uh, we brought you on the show, we were talking about the Motley Crue movie, The Dirt. <sighs> and I was saying how, like, I feel like Motley Crue really figured out the formula of how to make a hard rock band a pop band and that there needs to be mm-hmm. a band now that kind of just basically rips off what they were trying to do which is like the satanic imagery, but with very accessible vocals. What what do you think? Like right now, rock is, is on a bit of a downturn. There's no like mainstream rock representative for the most part. You know, like Foo Fighters, sure, but they've been around now forever. Like there's no new blood in the mainstream pop world that's a rock band. What do you think... What what is the formula you think that would work that might break a rock band out into the pop world? I think it's pretty simple to be honest. You know, it really comes down to just fantastic songs because anytime a fantastic song comes out, it goes huge. And a perfect example is when Disturbed covered Sound of Silence. And whether you like this, their version or whether you even like Simon and Garfunkel is kind of irrelevant. It's an incredible song. So that the way they did that song connected with people. And I, you know, I don't know if there's any magic formula, but for me, it's always been the same. If the songs are awesome, people listen to it and like it and stream it and buy it and download it, what, go see the band, whatever. And if, a you know, there's a lot of new bands that people are talking about, the Struts, Greta Van Fleet, even Ghost, you know, has only really been around for less than 10 years. I mean, I yeah, remember yeah. seeing them at the Roxy less than a decade ago, and now they're playing arenas. And, you know, they're kind of doing that. And I love 
all their records. There's lots of great moments on every record. I'm a fan. Um, now, it's changing, and it's becoming something slightly different than it was originally. It's definitely less darker, less metal, less satanic maybe, but that's probably what I think the, the themes are still satanic. It's just, yeah, the music is... A little brighter. Is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I really like the newest album, and, you know, he's definitely doing something that people are liking. And what is that? They're catchy songs yeah. with catchy choruses that you can sing along to. And, you know, Allison Chains did it when, you know, hair metal was dying. And I was there. I remember the day I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio. I remember hearing Man in the Box for the first time. <laughs> I remember hearing Soundgarden, for, you know, when they first came out. So, mm. and I, because I grew up at the end of hair metal and like late eighties or into early nineties. And that weird crossover, like when Nirvana was recording, nevermind Warrant was down the hall recording cherry pie. So it was still all kind of happening at the same time. And the, the thing that never changed is didn't matter if it was poison Bon Jovi or Allison chains or Soundgarden, everybody had fantastic songs. So the genre, whether you want to call it alternative, whether you want it to call it metal, pop, whatever, it's all irrelevant if the songs are awesome. And that's all I try and tell my bands. It's like just if you want, if you really want your record to be successful, the main goal is just to make songs that people really want to listen to. And I think that that's their goal anyway, but it's sometimes the creative process gets a little foggy and they get lost in like, chasing certain sounds or ideas or formats or whatever and forget that maybe just have one or two on the record that are really accessible yeah good music is timeless that's why we can listen to stuff that was written so long ago and still like feel good about it you know exactly and you know there's a song on this new Amonomarth record that i'm pretty sure will be one of the first two or three songs out and it's just incredible I wouldn't call it a crossover or anything because, you know, it's still going to have those incredible, you know, Viking death metal vocals, Mm -hmm. but it's such a catchy song. There's two of them, actually, two, two on this record that are incredibly catchy on the guitar work and his vocal delivery that that's all they'll need, I think, for this record to be really big. I mean, obviously, we're all hoping, but, you know, the rest of the record is absolutely punishing metal, but they happen to write a couple really catchy songs on top of that. And you were saying that um, they kind of took like, uh, I guess like a less, the, like a, a non, non-traditional approach with like the types of amps that they, that, that they were using for guitars. Like, was it like vintage amps or something? I, fr- I forget what you said. Yeah. We, 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 um, I encouraged them to basically, they were an open book. Just, they were like, whatever you want, let's just, they said to me, we want to make a classic metal record. And I said, classic as in like number of the beast. Yeah, sure. That's great. We all love number of the beast. Okay. Well, let's use some of that type of gear. So I actually got a hold of one of Dave Murray's Marshall heads and, uh, I rented it for the record and we used it in conjunction with some newer guitar amps. And I think we created a fairly unique guitar sound for the band that they hadn't used before. Um, more mid-range, less gain, less, you know, the riffs are what's heavy, not necessarily the sound. So it's the way they play. You know, it's like ACDC. Their guitar sound was very clean, but those records are heavy. Yeah. So 
you know, that was kind of my approach with them. And same with, in each, each member, I really, you know, I worked with the bass player a lot because I felt like none of their previous records had any sort of bass guitar identity. And I really wanted his, that to be present. And so we really worked on a bass tone and, you know, both guitar players had very, they both played different sounding guitars. One plays passive, one plays active. So that changes things, changes mid-range, changes, you know, aggression. Um, so each person had a very distinct sound. And then it was the first time with their drummer recording and he's younger than them and he's mm -hmm. listens to different types of music. So it was interesting to, to see them all speak and and work together and understand you know the rest of the band comes from a slightly older era more or less my era where we listen to like motorhead early metallica iron maiden you know zeppelin stuff like that um so he was the guitar player was playing the drummer cozy powell drum fills because the drummer probably had never even heard that before he listens to more modern metal so it was really cool like to see them bond and gel in that way musically and then of course you know lyrically it's like a history lesson with those guys which i love yeah. um and with avatar too you know there's just that everybody from sweden is just so educated and their lyrics are so good and i, I just i love working with swedish bands <laughs> cool yeah and even uh monomarth's song uh lead single raven's flight that's like a perfect example of like catchy but super heavy i, I really dig that one yeah, that one's been one of my favorites, even from the demo stage. And it's almost identical to the original demo. There wasn't a lot required on my end, at least for that song. Some songs we did a lot of uh, arrangement, flipping around and whatnot, and did some experimenting. But that song in particular, I think, is pretty close to their original demo. And, you know, sometimes they just get it right right away, and I, you know, it makes my job very easy. Awesome. Well, we're glad your job is around because you definitely make metal sound better and uh thank you for for uh calling the that. show how could people uh keep up with you if they like more information on you or your work or if they want to beg you to give them a good rate on mixing <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i'm on all social media platforms i'm somewhat active i guess i post mostly pictures of my dogs but you know if i'm in sessions mm -hmm. i post pictures and on instagram and sometimes twitter and sometimes old people facebook um, and, uh, I have a website, it's just my name, jrustin.com and it has, you know, just pictures of all the records I've made and over the years and people will email and be like, Whoa, you worked with Diana Ross. Yes, I did. <laughs> so I get a lot of funny emails from the website mostly, but yeah. So, and, uh, but yeah, that's, that's how you find me. One final question that I like to ask every producer, and, and I still don't know the answer to this, even though I've asked a few can you succinctly explain what the hell mastering is? Yes. Basically, well, mastering was two different things. From up until streaming, mastering served two purposes. One was for vinyl. You had to, it was a very specific process to make vinyl records. And you had to have a person that knew, knew specific side lengths how deep grooves could get cut, which, you know, affects bottom end, um, how loud you want it. You don't want your vinyl to distort. You want it to sound good on a cheap record player all the way up to, you know, $10,000 or whatever they're called. Um, 
then obviously with CD, it changed again. They added a new job to mastering people. Okay, well, now it has to be converted to digital. But the process stayed the same. EQing, basically, as a mixer, I deliver 12 songs to a mastering guy. They're all slightly different volume, my mixes. It's not, an, it's not a scientifically perfect process mixing. I try and get them all in the same ballpark. My EQ might not be the same. One might have less treble, more bass, more mid-range. It's all within a couple dB of, you know, each song is, is they're all pretty close. So his job would basically be to even that out, make the EQ all the same, improve upon the EQ if I've fucked it up, but he's really only looking with working with stereo mixes. Basically I'm working with the multi-track obviously, and I can adjust mm. every instrument. The mastering guy is basically working with a stereo file. So essentially so, you send them now, a flat file. If I could just uh, understand you send yeah. them a flat file and then he kind of makes sure all the, all the flat, files of the album kind of have the same volume range and, and and sound like an album correct and they do spacing and they compress it a little bit more so they can make it louder mm -hmm. um and then of course with streaming you want to you know when itunes came out with mastered for itunes that was kind of a great thing because up to that point if you just uploaded the cd master to itunes it sounded kind of garbage like it was kind of gurgly and just sounded oh, sort of weird i remember um, one, actually one, if I, I have a quick anecdote when i uh interned many many moons ago at roadrunner records right as itunes was around i remember i was literally putting in a promo cd and ripping it in itunes to 128 kilobits and then uploading it to the itunes backend like that's all it was <laughs> it was using their exact traditional converter but go ahead with the, the master yeah so process. basically once they added this master for itunes protocol and mastering houses were you know all the good ones of course would you know, research this, learn it, figure out what tools were required. Everything started to improve. The sound of streaming, the sound of iTunes, everything got better. And I, I mainly use Paul Logos for mastering, and Paul's amazing. He mixed Cowboys from Hell. He used to mix for Puff Daddy. He worked with him on the Jimmy Page remix years ago when they did Cashmere and all that crazy stuff. So Paul's, you know, really, really well-versed musical mastering guy. Well, and Jay he does almost everything that I do. You've done it. You, I finally, I finally get what mastering is. <laughs> the light You're like, you, like it, may, it totally makes sense to me. Rob, now. there's going to be a quiz later. It's, <laughs> it's pretty basic. Yeah, it's yeah. basically EQ, make it louder, make all the songs the same volume. And now with streaming, you know, it's a little more technical. But so you got vinyl, CD, streaming, and now cassettes for the hipsters. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that I don't. I, no. <laughs> but Jay, thank you so much. No. For for taking some time. JayRustin.com is the website if you want to uh, yep. get more info on Jay. And uh, hope you have a great week. And, and, and Thanks, Jay. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see you all soon. Absolutely. Right. Have a good one. It was Jay Rustin. Very cool of him. And we were so respectful when he mentioned Disturbed Sound. Yeah, Silence. there's no and reason I re to... I really want to hand Here's it to what us. he meant. He just meant the good music is timeless and you can... Even be a shitty band like Disturbed. And <laughs> I don't think that's somebody else's song. And I don't think that's what he was hit. saying. I don't think that's what he meant. I think he meant that so he likes the song. He's allowed to yeah. like it, and I, I, you know, we can allowed to disagree. I just look forward to the next uh, Amon Amarth single, which is their cover of "Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard." It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, I would love Amon Amarth to cover that. Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. 
Sure. Right. Thank you, Rob. That's my okay, I take back what I said. <laughs> well, Amon Amarth would do it a lot better than that. Yeah. I hope so. That was the Vince Neil version of Amon Amarth. <laughs> 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 yeah, but we should place uh, Sound of Silence, the, the cover. Oh, okay. At right now? Of, no, no, like at the end of the show. Okay, sure. Because now I've, I've got a We should have played craving. it for Jay. Like, wait, is this the song? You're or like, about? what do you think of this mixing job? Yeah, we did our own remix. Can you can you get it mastered for us? <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. I like yeah, that, that guy. Yeah, that was really fun. He's a good guy. He's also an animal advocate. Mm-hmm. In what way? He advocates for for animal against animal cruelty. Oh, I think he works with like a nonprofit or something like that. Oh. Nice, nice guy. I'll support that. Yeah. For sure. So to uh Yes. Shift gears a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh the Webbies <laughs> were announced. The just tons of nominations for But anyway, the point I'm making is one of these videos uh for best mashup cut was this super cut of do you remember last year? When uh, Trump said something about shithole countries, what yes. was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget That's what like, it was. Wh- uh, oh, he doesn't want people coming in from the shithole countries. Mm-hmm. He wants them coming in from good countries. Was, was the quote? Anyway, so someone made a supercut of all the media talking about uh, this quote, and it's it's pretty great. It was so good. The president is teaching little kids a new word. Blank hole. Hole. Bleep hole. S hole. Any sort of hole. Begins with a word, a bad word, and then ends up with hole. Let's just use the word the president is using. Shithole. 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 Shitholes. Donald Trump has turned the Oval Office into a shithole. 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 The word shithole. Shithole. I love that. It's structured as a conversation. Like they all start out like kindergartners, like Mm. blank hole, bleep hole. Oh, and then and then. Anderson Cooper just goes, well, Breaks let's just dam. let's just say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all start saying it, which is what happened in real life. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Donald Trump has turned the Oval Office into a shithole. Shithole. <laughs> shithole. The word shithole. Shithole in and of itself. Uh, a shithole. 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 Sounds like Japanese when you play it at this speed. Shiitake mushrooms. Shithole. 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 Shitholes. I never in a million years thought I would be saying shithole on television. You probably come from a shithole. It's a shithole place. Considered a shithole. Your ancestry is a shithole. Shithole immigrant. Your mouth is the foulest shithole in the world. A shithole people. <laughs> That's Living a drop. Sh- My dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it became a drop. Shithole people. Living in shithole. My dad it. came from what I guess Trump would call a shithole. My people <laughs> came from what Donald Trump would call a shithole. I'm the descendant of people from a shithole. I'm a proud shitholer. Shitholer, 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 shitholer. The word shithole has lost all meaning for me. I'm proud to be a shitholer, and I want a t-shirt. Who is that that keeps saying it? Shitholer. Pete Buttjig. Phil Mudd, a former CIA counterterrorism official. Oh, thank God. Thank God he's sticking up for shitholes. Since the CIA creates shitholes all around Hmm. the world. You know what really gets to me about this video? Living you, in shitholes. My dad. More? Sorry. No, that was it. But go ahead. What start, you start to notice at the end is that they're all doing this like passionate defense of these countries 
No, they're not fucking shitholes. Instead of saying like, all right, Trump ignited this whole bullshit. Let's examine why these countries are like have problems, why they don't have clean water, why they're fucking bodies blowing up everywhere. Why would someone like Trump call that place a shithole? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's backwards. It's economically backwards. Can we fucking like try to fix that? Like that would be That's my... way too difficult. It's much easier to just be like he's a racist. So right. There's nothing the wrong with the, the shitholes. Right. These, These are, are not shitholes. They're fine shitholes. Like you, a good criticism would be, all right, we've made these countries shitty in a lot of cases. It's disrespectful for mm-hmm. the president to go on television and he not did. just. I think no, it was this was just, or whatever no. it was. It was no, it was like a it private like, conversation. Yeah, yeah. But what? All right, fine. It's disrespectful but for yeah. a president to even be thinking mm-hmm. that. Uh, but the the thing there is not the word shithole. Like yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. they focused on was the him. He used the well, word I like shithole. I mean, that could be said about anything <laughs> in the last three years. What's they focus th- on what he says, right. while really by focusing on it, completely shifting the conversation right. to the exact narrative that yes. he wants. What, which is what right. pisses me off when they just read any tweet that he writes. Like <laughs> it's like it's so important. Like just don't just don't acknowledge it. It's bullshit. Yeah. Well, what's disgusting about what Trump said there? Is that, you know, he's removing all context from everything, mm-hmm. as he does a lot of the time. And just what's disgraceful is that we are the reason that a lot of these countries are shitty. Mm-hmm. So the the gall of him to say, you know, oh, that country's a fucking shit. Oh, well, well he's, uh, he's full of gall. Right. Right. But that's uh, all right. We know that. But I'm yeah. saying that would be, to me, the news story mm-hmm. is that the president is disrespecting the whole just not by saying the word shithole but by being critical of countries that we are a big problem in that would be wor- 10 times worse than saying the word shithole agreed let's hear bernie again ed came from what i guess trump would call a shithole my shithole a shithole i didn't realize bernie is from africa it, well i think he's just saying like trump would also call poland a shithole but there's at, white at people the there I don't. Well, did he really mean any country that doesn't have a Trump hotel is a shithole? Mm. I think it was with like the prime minister of Norway that like he was like, we want more people to come from countries like yours and shitholes. But let's be real. If Trump was alive or uh, a child or 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 his Trump was alive. Sorry, he was a child. If Trump was his current age back when Bernie's parents were in Poland, he would not be pro Poland. I I have a feeling Mm -hmm. he would be. Well, his dad was a. Nazi right. He'd find so, that's yeah. what I was getting at. Yeah. Is he'd find something to be critical of. Yeah, there, sure. namely mm. Jews. Yeah, most likely. Nobody is a friend to the Jewish people like Donald. Nobody is more of a friend to the Jewish people. And by the Jewish people, I mean BB. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Jewish person yeah. that I like. Did you uh, see he went to uh, all these people getting in trouble for going to APAC and all that? Mm. Trump went to APAC, I guess, when he was when he was running. I don't know. But he's like, I think it was 2015. Like mm-hmm. He was just starting mm. to run. And he goes, you people love money. Like he did a whole like. Three, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he did a whole like three minutes uh, set on like Jews love money. It was like a room full of deal makers or something. <laughs> yeah, you all make deals. We yeah. uh, Listen, frankly, some of your deals are not as great as they could be for me, but that's okay. Yeah. I love it. <sighs> he just doesn't give a fuck. Like I feel like, like good politicians need to emulate that portion of Trump. Yeah, just the non-idiot version. Right. Well, and I not, think the thing right. that kind of, uh, uh, like, 
makes me upset is that sometimes I genuinely find him intentionally funny. Like, uh, absolutely. He, he, he says a joke, and I'm like, fuck, that's great delivery. Here's like, what I find him funny. <laughs> when I find him funny is when he's, his target is someone that I also despise in addition to Trump. Mm. Like when it's heel versus heel. Yeah. And he shits on someone like what, like in the Republican debates yes, it every was, day. Yeah, it was also, so we had the benefit of not thinking he was going to win. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I might have found the clip of him. I'm a negotiator like you folks. We're negotiators. Do you want to yeah. renegotiate deals? We, some of us renegotiate deals. I would say about ninety nine point nine. Is there anybody that doesn't renegotiate deals in this room? This room <laughs> negotiates. I want to renegotiate. Like how is he fucking hopped up on Adderall? Listen to that. Yeah, well, awesome. yeah, he's talking. Yeah. Definitely high. Do you want to renegotiate deals? We, some of us renegotiate deals. I would say about 99.9. Is there anybody that doesn't renegotiate deals in this room? This Sounds room like negotiates. Sped up. There's no sentence. There's no periods. It's just commas. <laughs> he doesn't, he's doing the James Hetfield thing of not even finishing the last word yeah. that he's saying. Anyone not renegotiate? He does that so much. Like every day he does that. But this Trump. Trump Hetfield. Perhaps more than any room I've ever spoken to. Oh my God. Yeah, and they're laughing. They love it. They eat they're it up. Sucking it up. They're like, Elon Omar said that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> it's okay. I've, I've been called on that a couple of times too. You're not going to support me, even though you know I'm the best thing that could ever happen to Israel, and I, I I'll be that. And the real, I know you're why you're lying there. Me. And you know you're not going to support me because I don't want your money. You don't want to give me money, okay? But that's okay. You want to control your own politician? That's fine. Good. But I will tell. So he said that. basically the same thing Ilhan Omar said. 100. percent It is cool. Trump the. Uh, this is to the Republican Jewish Coalition, by the way. The thing, but her problem is that she's too focused. If she just takes shots at everyone, then it like with Trump, it just every individual thing gets lost in the greater shuffle. Right. Right. But the fact that she just had that one target for that statement, everybody honed in. Ilhan, pay attention yeah. to Trump. Be Your more own Trumpian. politician. Make That's fun fine. of a cripple next. Get away with everything. But I will tell think about that, folks. Think, don't, it's okay. You want to control your own politician. That's fine. Good. But I will tell think about that, folks. Think. I will say if Elon Omar that. said uh, little Marco Rubio, I would be over the moon. <laughs> I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> I understand. Hey, I, five months ago, I was with you. Who was better than me? It's not like Vince Neal. Who is <laughs> I gave $350,000 to the Republican Governors Association. I never even got a letter of thank you. Fucking Republicans. Never thanking anybody. All right, let's move off uh, politics. Because I just got off yours. Oh. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who cares? Was, was recorded this weekend. There was an amazing moment backstage. Who the, gives a fuck? No. Yes. Who gives on. a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Cure was being interviewed, and Robert Smith <laughs> is just amazing. This We got to play this. Was he in Wait, pancake what? makeup or no? Yeah. Uh, well, hold on. Oh, who cares? <laughs> Wait, we'll get them. Because this will be everything. Hi, guys. Hey, the interview. how are you? I'm Carrie. Oh, it's Karen. so nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi. You know. It's Neil. <laughs> no, it's Robert um, Smith. No. Oh, sorry. No, I thought the interview was Vince Neil. That Congratulations, The Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees Here. 2019. She's on the same shit you... Trump was taking. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, hold on. You as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. The best. Robert Smith won. The best. Keary nothing. Let's hear that again. It's so good. Hey, how are you? I'm Keary. It's so nice to meet you. Hi. Congratulations, the Cure Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we going to do? Um, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. It's a bit early, isn't it? Yeah, I guess it, I guess it is. Maybe we just need a few drinks. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything special about this night for you? Is, is this something that you've ever thought about? Is this something that you've wanted? Um, this is where half of my brain saying, come on, say the right thing. Um, it, it, we're very happy to be here, but it's not really something that is in, in a bigger plan or anything. It's a bit of a surprise, to be honest, you know, because been, we've been eligible for a long time, so it's very nice to finally make it, yeah. Well, it's not a surprise to me because I've been a Cure fan, like, since birth. And so I have oh to God. thank you. Thanks. Oh, God. He should be so like, all right, what's your third favorite song of ours? Yes. You, on behalf of all the Never fans, happened. that um, you guys pretty much changed everything. I think you changed the game. The first time I ever got to hear, like, the, that very first guitar oh. tone was like, oh, my God. I feel so but embarrassed. Nothing ever sounded this is like the this. Chris Farley show. Yeah. So Remember that ever time? Like this subsumed into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame despite all our best attempts. You just can't win, can you? It's the Chris Farley show if Chris Farley had no idea who he was talking to right. and was just pretending. <laughs> That's true. The Chris Farley character knew who there he was There are a little bit of specifics. Yeah. In my book. <laughs> oh my god, um, you remember Friday I'm in Love? Because yeah. the yes. thing with her, like, she hasn't mentioned a single cure specific. She nope. said guitar tone. Yeah. But, like, she could be saying that to anyone she's interviewing. Yeah, that right? could like, be there's Someone's so saying far, that in her earpiece. Yeah. Say guitar tone. <laughs> Is there anybody that has been inducted already that inspired you in any way? Um, there, yeah, I, off the top of my head, I can't really think of that many, but um, Bowie, obviously, is the main person for me, is the biggest inspiration for me personally. It's like you for, can't for name band, a cure song. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, we've listened to a lot of people, we've been inspired by a lot of people. There are obviously a lot of people that aren't in. That it would have been be great if he had been like, all right, let's pause, I'm going to look on my phone for who's already in the Hall of Fame, and you look on your phone for our discography. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll pick <laughs> we'll it up there. We'll back up. Go down that road either. It's like, um, but yeah, overall, it's, like, it's, um, yeah, it's nice to be in, involved with something that a lot of our older... Is in vogue in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Now, um, Good for them. I don't know if we're allowed Should to know be. or whatever, but are you guys going to be performing this evening? You could take some of these Why aren't you allowed to know? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so oh can I can just I sit on the head of your guitar? Can I just sit there and live there? What? What is it, a fucking Clitsucker 2000? Yeah, the, that's <laughs> a we, oh, I was going to ride the guitar like the Sibian. Might be a bit tricky, but yeah, maybe not during the show. But. Okay, maybe after. Okay, this is gonna make me very, very happy. Have you guys had? I like bet. A, can you remember any wonderful holy shit moments that you've had in your career? This one. What does holy shit moment mean? Like something super memorable that was oh, right, out of right. the ordinary, awesome, or millions. Yeah, I mean, pretty much every time you get on stage, you have that feeling. If you don't, there's something wrong with you. So it's um, yeah. I mean. All right. Poor Robert Smith. He's uh, he's got Clorox wipes for that guitar to wipe off oh whatever, she, whatever she left on there. Do we know who like what that lady's deal is? Where she works? Like what that was? This for? was on the Rock Hall YouTube page. So she was like working for the Hall of Fame. Wow, hard to believe. <laughs> Jesus, I feel like that's what bands go through at like every. Carrie Keegan. It's funny she mispronounced her own name because she says Kiri. Oh, maybe that's me. so excited to meet Robert Smith. This is why the misfits don't like meet and greets, by the way. It's this yeah. kind of so, shit. I see their side yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. she's a VH1 personality. Apparently. Oh, of 
course she is. She hosts Big Morning Buzz Live. VH1 is is still on Oh, and she's a panelist occasionally on Red Eye with Greg Gutfield. Oh, no. (laughs) I guess guess that show's off the air now. Oh, no. Yeah, he has some other stupid show. She was also on Chelsea Lately, VH1 Classics Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Uh, and G4's Attack of the Show. So is she like a Republican that she's on the stupid Fox I show? I think she's she just, just working. Yeah, based she on that, talking head. Yeah, based on that resume, she's just professionally annoying. Right. Is basically the job. Well, that's a good uh, resume for Fox. Yeah. She was on the Arnold Schwarzenegger Celebrity Apprentice oh, and was the first one voted off. Yeah, professionally yeah. annoying. There we go. You're fired. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Kenny, you suck. Oh, she's no longer on Big Morning Buzz Live. She was replaced by Nick Lachey. Wow. <laughs> Your assignment is to go to a meet and greet and speak to Robert Smith and say something to him that will piss him off. <laughs> and go. So that she won that round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Do we have any, like... Uh, were her interviews with other acts less painful, I guess? Let's Since see. that's the only one that, like... I want to hear a clip of her on The Apprentice with Arnold getting yelled at. Oh, my at. God. <laughs> Get out of my office! The crazy thing is, the challenge that week was to name two Cure albums. <laughs> so that's why. You, you think f- she'd have learned by now. You failed! <laughs> you could have just gone to the Google! What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Who else was inducted this year? So it was the Cure, uh, Def Leppard, Def Leppard, the Cure. Oh my god, Def Leppard! I love their guitar tone so yeah. much. Can I can I sit on your stump? She asked Rick Allen. <laughs> if she did that, she would win back all of my support. <laughs> if we could find a clip of her. Disgusting. <laughs> he cleans it. Come she on. Just fucking squirts on his stuff. Oh, that's that the beginning of their movie. That was such a Leopard. weird thing to say to somebody. Yeah. Like, Can I just sit like, on your guitar? Was it? All right. Was the guitar like laying down uh, or some some reason? For is, is she was like, on the red carpet. So there was no guitar around. So she just conceptualized sitting on his guitar. And on, that's like the most uncomfortable part of the guitar to sit on because the headstock has like. All the like pegs the, and the, stuff. the tuning yeah. pegs and like that's where the strings are yeah. cut so that they're sharp. Bunch of holes in her pussy lips. Yeah. So, all right, maybe like as part of the Hall of, F- I'm trying to give Theory <laughs> the benefit of the doubt okay. here. Okay. It, maybe they had a display of his guitar and it's like sort of horizontalized. Is that possible? Because he's being inducted. I th- I think the context was that it was going to be while they were performing. So that she would do this. She's going to sit on his guitar. While on the head of the guitar. While he's playing it. Yes. She wanted to be that close so to the performance. She he, wanted to be fucking his guitar. Does he have to finger bang it to get to the to the, to the frets? To tune it. To tune it. Sure. I don't know yeah. how deep she is. That's I don't know true. if she'd get down to the fretboard. <laughs> imagine. Ow. <laughs> he's tuning it by reaching it to her mouth. This is week four of The Apprentice. <laughs> you have to. This week's challenge is to get Robert Smith's guitar Three quarters of the way into your snatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And go. 
<laughs> Arnold would have loved that, man. If that was the show, it might still be on the air. That's what I did to the maid with my pee oh, no. <laughs> So all clips of that Celebrity Apprentice have been wiped off the internet, but there's an interview of her on Wendy Williams talking about being eliminated. So here's her being eliminated. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I just can't get over how beautiful Wendy looks today. I think this might be the best of the world. Thank you. Yeah. Look, four of the best boobs on TV. Hey. Okay. <laughs> Um, so first, is Kiri breast breast plentiful <laughs> breasts? Very plentiful. Nice, even oh. on the cover of your own book. I, yeah, well, it's an old picture. This is new. <laughs> no, you've been platinum. You, I went way lighter right before the holiday. Oh my this god, is this is unbearable. And, you know, Spell platinum, her name, please. People miss it. C a r r i e. Very smart. K e a g. Before Snoopy. Okay, I got it. I mean, hi, hi, Snoopy. What it's happened? like your average fox go? anchor. No, I didn't want to go. Has, to like, she, it's like, I mean, those boobs are probably not real. I'm going to guess that. Okay. And it's like a very skinny torso and boobs, which. Uh. Wow. So she's already been interviewed about this Robert Smith interview. By oh, who? Really? By herself? On, on Good Day. By good Morning. Ella, on Good Morning Britain. What? With the wonderful. Piers Morgan. And oh, no, he's not wonderful. Sake. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Jeez. So let's... What? I'm wrong? <laughs> yes. <You> just vi- <laughs> I, I'm you. very offended by the word shit, Rob. I, I, uh, he's a piece of shithole. Yeah, when that's American that's better. No, wait. Oh, maybe they're not. Let's see. Is what you said is correct, me? but please don't use such coarse language. He's a asshole. He's a okay. All right, it's that's British much better. deadpan, I think. Can't well, I can't believe we've been doing a podcast. I never thought I'd be saying the word shithole on the <laughs> podcast. Okay, sorry. So I know the interviewer, <coughs> Carrie Keegan. She's, uh, uh, I did a, we had dinner together recently in L.A. with our, uh, our joint friend, John, my manager. And Carrie joined us Carrie, I had to laugh because this, to me, was... I've, I've been, I've been fan, fanboying in the way you were fangirling. And if I met Dennis Bergkamp, the the footballer, it'd be the same thing. Um, however, totally however lost there was right a sort now. of yeah. American. What British... are we listening to? <laughs> this is Piers Morgan interviewing this Carrie girl about the Cure interview, and he's saying she's he... older than you. She's a woman, Rob. Have some respect. Is she older than me? Yes. Culture clash here. <laughs> I felt got a whole bio your already? ecstatic yeah. reaction <laughs> met stiff upper lip British resolve, <laughs> and the two are not easy bedfellows. I think it was absolutely perfect, actually. I think I was being my excited self, and he was being quintessentially the king of goth. And, and it no, he wasn't. Was he was being completely, <laughs> I, like, I sarcastic. I, I was able to give everyone the moment that I wanted myself, which was just to see him being him. There was nothing goth you know, about anything funny. he did in that Well, his lack of, like, excitement was pretty goth, I guess. It wasn't in a goth vector to me. It was just more like a guy that's annoyed with this woman yeah. next to him. Is that this clip, of course, has now gone around the world. Which has, I know, isn't that crazy? Is this better or worse than the Jerry Seinfeld Kesha moment from that red carpet? Moment. Do you remember that? Better. Yeah. I remember talking about it, but you have to refresh Where she runs up on him asking for a hug, and he has no idea who she is oh, and says, no, right. thank you. And she just, like, right. it, her heart <laughs> explodes, and she dies in front of why does Kesha even care about Jerry Kesha is like more famous than Jerry Seinfeld mm. today. Not to him. Right. right. <laughs> Delightful. Like, I feel like, all right, let me, let me rephrase that. Seinfeld's still more popular, but the people who know who Seinfeld is are rapidly dying off this planet. 
You I think, think? <laughs> I don't know. Is it streaming? Is it on Netflix, the Seinfeld? Because then that's on TV every night. Yeah. The I don't kids... think young people care about Seinfeld. Sorry. I guess they care more about Friends in the Office, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's probably still some that. Seinfeld, I think, is streaming on Hulu. It's not on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So. Sorry, Jerry. I still love Seinfeld. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, not the person, but the show. Yeah, it's still, I actually. The episode where he buys his dad a Cadillac was on oh, last night. I'm just like, oh, timeless. Just anything with their parents. Yeah. Incredibly. Well, really, the, that's the only show I can rewatch endlessly without ever getting tired. I could see an episode 30 times and it still has odd, the same effect. Odd on couple me. for me. Okay. And uh, uh, Honeymooners. Do you think uh, Kesha would freak out that much for like Jack Klugman? <laughs> well, he's dead. So if he, <laughs> if he was on a red carpet, then yes. <laughs> Resurrect him like Beyond the Band. Jack Klugman corpse shambles in. (laughs) Fully animated. Uh. (laughs) Kesha could play Vince Neil. What do you think of that? They sort of look like they could be related. I'm into the casting. Uh, Sid, I was going to ask you, have have there been any updates with your weird neighbor? No. All quiet. We should have uh, asked them (laughs) off the air first. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well, it just, it just like the conversation just made me think of it. So I just, I didn't even think of it before the show. I was just kidding. You don't have to get like all upset. Just a joke. Yeah, no. Why are you so fucking sensitive? Calm down, Noah. (laughs) Oh, all right. That's a little misogynistic, Rob. And don't call her. A I shit thought. Out. Wait. I no. thought you like heard him having sex or something. I'm. I'm. Oh, I'm cool. not sure if it's him or my upstairs neighbor. Oh. Okay. okay. It might be, but I've definitely been the hearing poems? a lot of moaning sounds. Does he huh? look like some the guy with gets, the poems? Uh, yeah. 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 You want yeah. to briefly recap? Yeah. He's. Uh, he complains a lot about any little noise. When I passed out from having a fever in the middle of the night, he sent me a very bitchy letter. And then you Googled him and found yeah, or his Facebook he's, page. He, he's got like a Instagram poetry kind of thing going on that's pretty horrible. I haven't checked it recently. He, but he, uh, Just to sum it up, he posts pictures of text. Yes. Yes. yes of inspirational quotes and like little. That he comes up with. Yeah. And it's really bad. <laughs> They're weird. But yeah, somebody's fucking. I think it, I'm, I'm starting to think it might be the upstairs neighbor, though. Yeah. So does this guy uh, look like he might be getting... Poon? Well, th- before all of the annoying things happened with him, I saw him on New Year's Eve, and I asked him if he had any big plans, and he said he was having a nice night in with his lady. Oh, so you're cordial with him. I was before all the oh, bullshit before. started. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed that part. Because like the first two days that we lived in the apartment, I ran into him in the elevator both days. So we just chatted, because okay. I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to be living here for a while. Let me see if I could be a little friendly with the neighbors. I see you. And then... As time went on, I realized, oh, that's the guy who lives downstairs from me, and he's a complete cunt. <laughs> so that that's over. But, uh, yeah. So he doesn't look like a ladies' man or anything? Yeah, he looks like he thinks he's a ladies' man. Oh. But he did say he had his lady over for New Year's Eve. So, like, the sounds that you hear through the walls, is it mostly, like, a woman moaning, or is it yeah, both? Yeah, it was moaning. It's female moaning. Mm. But my upstairs neighbor is a female, so I think it might be her. Or it might be both of them. They could, you know, they could both be loud fuckers. The walls are thin. <laughs> so I'm just hearing it That's from That's always life. so awkward. But my wife, she gets so upset if I say, hey, if I'll like mute the TV so we could hear the moaning. She just, because so she doesn't awkward. want to think about that downstairs guy fucking. And she gets really mad at me when I'm like, no, 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 listen. 
So does he? You're so romantic. <laughs> did he actually say my lady? Yes, he did. He said, oh. "I'm just spending a nice night in with my lady." So gross. And then he proceeded to lecture me in the elevator about how you shouldn't go out driving on New Year's Eve because everybody's drunk. I'm like, "All right, thanks, Dad. <laughs> I've never I, heard that before. Cool." All I can think of when you're telling me this story, I'm picturing the uh, Will Ferrell in the hot tub character with <laughs> Rachel Dredge. <laughs> no, this guy is not nearly that like <laughs> boisterous. My lover. He's like a monotone kind of joyless seeming know-it-all. Like you'd get along. Based you'd on think, that but no. I, I at least have a little bit of a sense of humor. You have it's, a great time. I didn't yeah. say that This guy, no, seems like completely devoid of that. I just meant the cynicism part. Yeah, no, yeah. You'd think, but it's but, like two like same charge magnets. They just repel. Yeah. I'll punch him in his dick. No more fuck sounds. Try repelling that, dick. motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's awkward. I remember in not my last apartment, but the apartment before, like when we lived in the same uh-huh. like, building complex. Um, I definitely heard my upstairs neighbor fucking, and it was like they were in the room with me. Oh. It was terrible. I love that stuff. Um, when I lived at Sid, I would hear him fucking. It was very disgusting. Really? Well, I wouldn't hear him. I would hear his yeah his girlfriend. I make the girl scream. What can I say? Scream or moan. It was moaning. That could have been said. One of them was was like very performative, where it was a little bit ridiculous. Sound like Vince Neil? Yeah. 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 So that I don't even think was about me. I think that was because she fancied herself like a porn star star or something and just was performing for herself. Get you a shorty who sounds like Vince Neil. Oh, my God. (laughs) Only sounds like. Please, <laughs> please. So you don't want that uh, fake uh, uh, magnetic puffy. mustache toy oh. thing? Oh, on the face? The bandana. What if that's what her puss hair looks like? Oh no! What if her? No. What if she's the hottest girl that ever walked the earth, but she has the puss hair of Vince Neil's beard? Well, that could be shaved. But she refuses to shave it. She likes it. All you she's see, a feminist. All you see when you lick her puss is Vince Neil's face. What if even I, if I close my eyes? What if she eyes? had a tattoo of Vince Neil's face on her? Puss? Wait, oh, I'll go one no. better. Oh. What if her pussy lips have formed into a shape of Vince Neil's face? Oh my god! How would that even <laughs> work? Just by just by nature, just naturally. Can you still it's get like your when, penis in through that lab. Yes, how yes. That work? It's like how how people see Jesus on toast. Oh it just sort of resembles Vince Neil's face. How's her and personality? Is it a great personality? Fantastic! Everything's great. I, I could have made it work. Okay, fair enough. We're speaking in past tense because I am a married man. Right, right. No, this is all hypothetical. Yes. (laughs) But sure. This is just for research purposes. Fucking roast beef lips like his big jowly cheeks. Oh, my God. Big puffy cheeks. That's fine. I don't hate meaty lips. That's a drop. What if she wore a a bandana in the place where he wears it to hide his baldness? Oh, well. All the time? She just had a bandana on? Yeah, it's just right above her her mom's pubis. Oh, I thought you meant she'd have it on her head. No, it's a bandana. Like, How would that even wrap? I don't know. It it just enhances the Vince Neilosity of her. Just imagine her pubes are so long. It's like a yarmulke on her crotch. The pubes are so long that you can wrap a bandana. You need to tie them up with a bandana. That's weird. That is weird. Though I guess it would be more functional if they were tied up that way and I could just push it out of the way. Vaginal. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. 
It's going to be amazing when like half an hour after the show ends, we find out that he died. It is going to be amazing. It's going to be so cool. I can live with it. No, I'm yeah, I'm not being sarcastic. I it's going to be amazing. Vince Neil gave me the biggest non-answer ever oh, when I interviewed him. I was wondering him. what I was going. <laughs> <laughs> like, he could care less. Let me see if I could yeah. find it. It was a, How long the Golden Gods a few years ago. Uh, oh, I never knew that you got to Vince Neil. Or maybe I forgot. And you asked to see his uh, invitation, and he refused to show it to you because it didn't exist, and he was just party crashing. So are you saying he's the usher? He had yeah. a, he was checking invitation. <laughs> he Not felt, even. He, he probably <laughs> felt a little bit competitive with your vest because mm. you always like to dress up a little bit for those events and wear something wacky. That's true. That's fair. And you were wearing a Hanoi Rocks T-shirt underneath the vest. Do you remember wh- which outfit you were wearing for that particular? No, I don't. Mm. But I'll. I'll know in a second. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, it was when what I was wearing. Metal it was when I was wearing my blue bedazzled. Oh, uh huh. See. Shirt. So he was a little intimidated by that. I'm just queuing up the Vince moment. Do you still do this? Do you still go to the Golden Gods? No, they don't exist anymore. What? They Why? don't do them anymore. Why not? Oh, wow. This was what a moment we had. I was interviewing Chris Jericho and then Machine Head and Lemmy interrupt. Please, Lemmy or Stone Cold? That's a good one. Uh, what do you think? Lemmy or Stone Cold? Lemmy, Lemmy can't or... die, so you can't. Oops. You can't, you can't kill Lemmy, so Oops. I think St- Steve would probably just submit on his own. That's one of those that you have to know that you're going to be proven wrong like in very short yeah. order. Like, Did you repost even... that when Lemmy died? <laughs> Chris Jericho, wrong on Lemmy. <laughs> wrong for America. <laughs> Back up. So. <laughs> we, just talking, we were just talking about Lemmy. We were just talking about who would win in a fight, you or Stone Cold Steve Austin. I said, he said you can't die. It's totally him, though. No, you can never die, though. On point. Wow. <laughs> on point. Oh, he said I would win on. <laughs> a retroactive live cast curse. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, just. Uh... Yeah, Jericho somehow channeled the curse into Lemmy. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, we did have Jericho on the show. Yeah, exactly. He he was going to be hit by the curse, but he somehow no. passed it to Lemmy in this interaction. Was this before or after he was on this show and did a train wreck interview? Before. Oh, okay. So he wouldn't talk to you now, right? <laughs> no, I... I talked to him all the time. You were on his cruise, weren't you? Yeah. I didn't know you talked I saw, to him. I saw him in L.A. I bought him a vodka. I don't believe you. Oh, so as long as you keep Jericho. buying him shit. Yeah. He'll be your buddy. <laughs> no, not just that. But yeah. Even that bussy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I was listening to some Megadeth the other day, and I realized that he... Dave Mustaine mentions bussy on what? one of his albums, but he doesn't say the word bussy. But he's referring to the same. What concept. does he say? Man pussy. Really? A, man pussy is a Megadeth lyric. What, in what's the context? Captive honor. It's about going yeah. to jail. A guy getting, oh. going to jail and getting raped. Oh, boy. Uh, but he goes, before he got there, his man pussy was so old. Oh. <laughs> Wait, before he got there, his man pussy was like, so he's old? He's a famous was sold. Oh, it's like he's a famous okay. guy who's gonna go to jail. Okay. It's a and they big divvied trial. up. Okay, and they all decided who was gonna bang him. And I is guess, this about a real it. person or is this a fictionalized? I think I, I would guess fictionalized, but I, there's no specifics 
Is it about Vince Neil from when he spent those 18 days in jail? Oh, my God. Is this a man pussy sold, Rob? Is that the question you <laughs> asked him that he wouldn't answer? Well, here, I, let's oh see. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Is man pussy? was <laughs> after that. So no, it's no. pretty cool. I would say you guys are like the definitive L.A. band. Anytime I'm on Sunset, I got to put on Motley Crue. Uh, is, that, is that fair to say? Well, we're, we're, we're from L.A. You know, we... Uh, you know, we've been here since, you know, 1981. What kind of performance? That was it. <laughs> Thanks, Vince. Lame. Eh. Lame AF. He, you know, he didn't want to be like, no, we're shittier than a lot of these other bands. But that's basically what he said. It's can, true. We, can we hear Dave saying man pussy now? Let's, mm. let's hear it. It's the second verse, so you should go like halfway into the. When is this from? What year was this released? 1992. Okay, so yeah. Countdown to extinction. Way past that. Next little part. Ain't no honor. Ain't no honor. I had the lyrics right here. My heart. Coming up. It sounds so good. Uh, actually, I think maybe we passed it. Now that I'm thinking about it. No. The next one. We're talking over the guitar song. Yeah, oh pretty, pretty explicit lyric. Yeah, this tough guy's now a bitch. He said. Praying for death, it can't be worse than this. Is it? This is like wow, the version like, of the date rape song by Sublime. This is borderline homophobic. <laughs> uh, border? I don't think there's a borderline involved. Yeah, but I mean that's in the way that all prison rape. References and jokes are, yeah, though, especially right? back I mean, then. Yeah, maybe he means like rape itself. Rape, be yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. The death is better than being raped, mm-hmm. yeah. not specifically gay right. rape. But I, knowing Dave, I doubt that it was that nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> this is full of drops. Praying uh, for death. <laughs> My favorite, like I think, uh, a great song for drops that recently came up in Truffle for me was Mary Jane. Oh, his song yeah. about pot. <laughs> it's like a King Day. It's not about pot. It's not at all. This is about like a little girl named Mary Jane. Wait, which is the... the I'm, I'm confusing it for the one where he talks about talks about smoking weed. I don't know. What on, song is on, that? I mean, Mary Jane is pot, but this song oh, is yeah, like yeah. very specifically not about oh. that. Unless it's some very deep, twisted metaphor. What's what's so special about this girl? She's like a little witch girl that dies and came back to life or something. Beware, my friends, as you pass by! Right. Get into the lyrics, you'll see. This sounds familiar. This is the... The most coke fueled of any Dave, mm. Dave Mustaine album. Just, 
weird time signature and like he goes from one topic to another bouncing off the walls it's fucking great this is his version of Trump's apex speech yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> where you go it is cuz here look so uh forgive me father i have sinned i am a child of the air i am a witch of the wind fingers gripped around my brain no control my mind is lame i'm in the astral plane and i'll never be the same uh-huh. Be a bad week. Keep going on. I mean, you can beware, my friends, as you pass by. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you must be. Prepare, my friends, to follow me. It hurts so bad I can't breathe. Prepare to follow me. What? So, what is it? A cautionary tale yeah, about yeah. weed? Mm, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. I forget. I'll, I'll look it up. I forget which which one was the. I've just always had weed on my brain. I never yeah, knew that he fair. had a weed. I mean, I'm not denying it. I just never knew he had a weed song. Maybe it's a, so I'm not aware it's a weed song. Mm-hmm. I forgot it is. Oh, whatever. Is it on Dr. Feelgood? Because that's a different band. Uh, I wrote 90% of that album. <laughs> oh. Didn't kill that little girl, though. That was him. <laughs> Oh. Nothing to do with it. Dave Mustaine killed Vince Neil's daughter? I said I didn't. What are you listening to? Somebody banned this guy from Twitter. <laughs> We're not on Twitter right now, Dave. I don't care. <laughs> Ban him anyway. Oh. What a penis he is. What a shithole country Dave is. Yeah, it's true. Dave Slavia. <laughs> <laughs> Show, show title? Sure. Do we even have one yet? I don't know. I, I had one. Rob had to sleep at the wheel before. I always like when uh, the show title comes like at 8.52, you know? Yeah. And people have to sit through and find it. It has been registered. Awesome. Well, like, I wonder if people listen with the intention of catching the show title. Sure. I think I don't think maybe maybe not so much that specifically, but I think when it happens, it clicks. It in clicks. People's brain. Yeah. Like, oh, I know that. that's where that came from. So like you're not looking for it, but when it happens, you notice it. It's like a little treat. I know I do that because I forget. Like I'll listen to an old show for some reason. I have to get a clip, and I'll just wind up listening to the whole show. I'm like, why was this called yeah. that? Yeah. And then it comes on, you know. Yeah, I I like that. I wanted to play this clip of these news anchors being even more cringy than Kerry, that reporter. This is very painful. Not safe for life warning. Good morning, TPS students. It is testing week, and it's time to slay all day. Stay woke, beyond fleek, and get that Gucci breakfast. Gold. I've never heard Yeet. I didn't that know that's the one I, I did. That's the know. Vince Neil lyric. Isn't <laughs> it from Kickstart My Heart? Kickstart My Yeet! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back. Goals say bye, Felicia, to that testing stress. Oh. Weather's going to be turned, right, Chris? Yes! Toledo weather going to be V lit during testing week. Is V like for very? Uh-huh. Yes. All right, that one I didn't know either. Chance of success. You've got this, kids. Steve? But people say that out loud or they just write No, it, I've never heard it said out loud. I've only I'm seen sure it written. Do. You think Are we so? looking yeah. okay. Better than okay. This is the worst part because this is an actual black yeah. guy talking now that they made have to participate in this oh. travesty. Oh. 
talking, turn, Pomo won't be an the issue. The least no bit embarrassed. Of course. Pomo won't be an issue. No traffic problems around any TPS schools to keep you from taking those tests. So notice that he does sleep. the least of it, though. Yeah. Do your best. In fact, be extra, extra. We here at WTOL are V proud of you. Good, Good luck, luck on your test, TPS students. What is TPS? Toledo Public School, I guess. Mm -hmm. ay, ay, ay. Yeah. I hope all those kids fail. That is V cringe. <laughs> what does yeet mean? Enlighten me. You don't even know? Well, Rob's not a millennial. Yeah, I, am, I actually am a millennial. I know, but you're on like the last year of it. So but that's really not TPS. Can. He doesn't know what the fuck TPS talk about. He ain't down like that. Okay, so yeet is just, it could be anything. It's, just the it's sound. a versatile word that could be an exclamation, a verb, or a noun. But it could it be used. From? Who originated yeet? Bubba Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> All you motherfuckers are millennials, by the way. I'm the only one that's not in here. Am I a millennial? I don't think Sid is a millennial. I was born in 79. I think it is, you guys are Gen it's Xers. I don't think I'm Gen. I'm somehow mm -hmm. in between. No. I think. I don't think. I, I think I'm a little too young for Gen X. You're a zillennial. Yeah. I'm a willennial. No, I believe. <laughs> it. I thought the cutoff for Gen X was like 81 or something. Is it? Right? Yeah. Oh, okay, then sure. Because I remember, I could. There was no way I could define myself because I was always. I never made that Gen X cutoff. In my mind, I always thought Gen X was the cutoff was can you relate to the movie Reality Bites or not? And I couldn't. <laughs> so I thought I was just like, just just missed the cutoff. Sorry, Ethan Hawk. Um, I think I mentioned that I went to uh, open mic and everyone was complaining about 16-year-old mm -hmm. millennials. And I was just like, that's not a millennial, yeah. bro. Millennials are like 25 now. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is it called now? Yeah, Gen Z is like the working title. I, I feel thought Gen Z happened already. Am I no, gen no, like millennials are Generation Y. So then Gen, gen Z. Oh, is they're both. I thought those yeah. were two different things. No, for Generation Zombie. Mm -hmm. Xanax. No, that's with an X. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. You're supposed to take Xanax. Generation <laughs> X. Rob, do you have any Xanax? I don't. I only did it once. Fresh out. Are you looking under your Z's or your X's? <laughs> I made the same mistake that I did. You change both the Z's, the X's to Z's, then it's metals and Oz. Oh no! <laughs> same effect. <laughs> Rest in peace. Should have uh, Kiri, uh, what's her name, interview metals and Oz, and then it'll be like that. Might have actually happened already, for all we know. I they wonder if Metal Sonata is even still doing stuff. Well, I'm sure she's doing something. <laughs> Probably sure? on Chatterbait. She could be dead. We talked about her. Yeah. A few people mentioned uh, they wanted us to bring up this John Oliver oh, yeah. video about WWE. I don't know what we can add to it. Yeah, he already did handled he did the it. comedy portion. Basically, he did a 20-minute piece about WWE. A lot of jokes, but the ultimate point of it was they're kind of miss. Uh, characterizing their their wrestlers as independent contractors when they should be employees, and they're doing it to get away with not paying certain taxes and also not providing their wrestlers with health insurance. Right. It's yeah. not right. And oh, you mean a large corporation trying to screw its employees? Hard to believe, Noah. Not in this country. Wow. <laughs> not in this shithole. Not in this shithole. 
So Metal Sonaz's YouTube page. Okay. So now I guess she does vlogging. What's of course. A, can we hear a vlog of hers? Okay. Are she vlogging? Here's from love to heartaches live. Do, 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 do. Waiting for you guys to come live. Oh my god. So I fucking blow up and give you too much answers and drive you crazy. So the question was, how do I start a business? What do you suggest? He's on many <laughs> and drugs right I told now. him, which I fucking, I, I'm sorry, I am so horrible with names. It's I'm, hard for me to believe listening to this video <laughs> that she's not on television anymore. Such a commanding personality. From what your email said, like you're also thinking about like hiring a bunch of people and paying a lot of people. Like you're already thinking too far ahead, I think. Has she been on Frankie Palmieri's podcast yet? <laughs> Can we make that and happen? This is missing so background music. I will say that. <laughs> we need the Frankie Palmieri background to... music here. Yeah, the irony that it would make the like this clip more tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, to go look at it because it's fucking hard. Because you don't. You What's get, her take you know, on Facebook dinosaur bones? Facebook puts a block on it when I put a link on there. It does it to everybody. It's not like they're against me. Maybe they are against me. Speaking of someone who probably um, has a vagina that looks like Vince Neil. Here we are. There, there's clothing <laughs> for women from from size teeny teeny weeny to to freaking uh five X. Like, what else do you want me to do? What, what is this accent? She's Iranian. Is she really? So, I didn't know. Um, she's Russian too. No, she's not. <laughs> oh, hurry. Well, I hope you she guys ran. Do go she's check Russian. It out. What I'm trying to say is not. It's not about my my oh, website. It's about. It is hard. It's hard. Every everything is going to be hard. Okay, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's gonna be hard. At the beginning, it's gonna be hard. Everything. Well, everything so hard. Hard. Yeah. If somebody just fucking gives you everything all at once in your hand, then you're not even gonna appreciate it. So what's the How's this? Is this good music for this? Just a little loud. All right, great. Somebody just handed me like. I mean, it's covering her up, so that's good. Awesome. Can we get some like bluegrass banjo kind yeah. of fucking going on behind her? That might be. Fun. Here we go. Easy come, easy go, right? You know. Uh, <laughs> Or easy coming and that you're smart then it always feels it, like yeah. um when they remember are... people that have died and they like play clips of them <laughs> like, like an in memoriam or something wishful so thinking I see all the familiar faces all the time there we go yeah have to delete some other music don't uh, interact whatsoever and try and get yeah this metal sonal is here with you Y'all also start a business? If you just picture her like at a gas station in West Virginia, just rambling to no one while like a person in overalls is playing banjo next to her. What? Tell you what? I just wanted to know where the Arby's was, man. Which way is the Arby's? Waffle House. Where? I missed a turn. Please. Oh my God. Okay, so I want to watch Metal Sanaz. Interviewed, interviewing Doyle. Oh no! Two <laughs> enigmatic Wolfgang von Frankenstein personalities. You were watching Metal Sonaz. When is this from? 2015. You're getting your fix of Metal Sonaz. Okay, the little intro. How you doing? Oh, this is really Great. her interviewing him? Yes. I, I thought you meant this is your dream interview. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> dream come true. It's, it's a dream come true. Rob dreams of this. 
I swear to God, I thought you were like, oh my God, I would love to hear. I would, and I'm going to right now. I am pretty sure 100% you still don't remember me. <laughs> I've never seen you in my life. <laughs> oh, the fuck you are. I don't remember you. What a great way to start an interview. Okay, is that more awkward than Kiri's interview? With, yes. Uh, yeah. See me online in his life, but yeah, am I related to you or something? Him off behind a Seven Eleven. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't remember at all. I think she's um, with the amount of things that we've done, uh, maybe sort of. When we had a signing together, three days in a row with Coffin Case, me and you. Okay. Oh. But we oh. forgot about all of that. This, this is, is like wow. This is so awkward. This is, she left this in. This is the Chris Farley show. But more desperate, yeah. but negging, yeah. like the negging Chris Farley show. Wow, you don't remember me. Oh. Remember how you don't remember me? Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. And <laughs> you know we keep running into each other as well, but it's all good. It's life of a rock star. Okay, you don't remember people. You don't like, remember it's gonna be a five-minute trip. Is she, is she calling herself a rock star? No, no him, she's saying him. he's the rock star. He's the rock star. That's why he her. doesn't remember her. She oh, has to okay. make an excuse for why he doesn't know who the fuck she is. Oh, okay, I thought she was saying that both of them are rock stars. No. no. Asking you, do you remember this? Do you remember? They're retarded. How would you ask me that? <laughs> now, why would you say that? Because how would I remember that? That's true. I, I barely remember anything, and I'm no oh rock God. star, so I don't I don't oh, blame you at all. What are you putting together right now? My fingers. Your fingers. Yeah. You're getting ready for the show. Yes. Yes, you are. So you've been doing actually a lot. How of was she ever famous, uh, or even semi-famous? Because she was dating a developer from MySpace, oh. who Boosted who suggested her. to her that she sign up for the service early. And in the early days of MySpace, your friend list was organized by uh, the, like, yeah, it's sorted by oldest join, like, the, the first joined to the last joined. So she would, by default, end up in the top friends of all the people that she joined. And she had a very suggestive photo, so it was very easy for her to aggregate more friends. And then people wanted to work with her because they thought, oh, look, wow. So if I can interpret this, she what, was a, what you're saying is nothing that she did about nothing about herself. She was just a, she famous. was an early social media influencer before that term existed. I feel got it. You have an album that's coming out in fall, which is um, you know we're waiting for that. Yeah. Um, you want to tell me a little bit about that? What What's you this can let your fans know out there? We got um, running a jackhammer behind. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they're on the tour bus or whatever. It sounds like the mic. She's she has a mic, but it sounds like they're using the camera sound because she forgot to turn the mic on. It's almost done. Bass, guitar, and vocals are done. We're doing the drums probably in June with a surprise drummer, special guest star. We have a couple of special guest stars play on it. I want to quickly mention this is the most. I've ever heard Doyle talk in one in one so that's sitting. That's a good thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like this is impressive. This is impressive. I, I have to hand it to her. She teased out the this track. interview from Doyle. I guess once she started with a guilt trip, he's like, all right, I should pay attention. The normally reticent Doyle. <laughs> two, which we will not reveal. And uh, it's 13 songs. And it was recorded and written at the same time as Abominator. It's not, it's not that you guys need to just wait. So, but you guys doing uh, oh, kind of a fun, uh, fundraising to yeah, yeah, this album? All right, let's see where they are seven minutes into. And, oh, who cares? Um, I heard that you guys are going to have um, DJ Heavy Grinder on that tour. Oh, is that what that is? That's that the DJ Heavy Grinder. Yeah. 
I didn't know. I'm that I'm really excited about that because she's been I I've never seen her live. <laughs> I like that, sh- that Sinaz is telling him who he's going on tour with. Oh, uh, oh is that who I'm doing? What I'm doing? To be fair, he may not know. He may not he know. He clearly what- does it, yeah. <laughs> Scenario for the metal scene. The metal not necessarily scene? just, you know, yourself or certain bands that you like, but for the whole entire scene. You know, like- as someone that has been around, you know, as long as you and knows a lot about what's This will be the last thing. Um, I'm falling asleep. Yeah. I would like to see everybody make more money. Oh, still. I honestly do. Yeah. I think musicians are some of the hardest working people. Hard right. Working hard to get the yeah. fuck away from you. <laughs> oh. Oh, sorry guys. Is it over? Wake up now. We got a show to do. <laughs> <That's> snoring. Chanel's <laughs> deviated septum. Metal sinus. That's great. (laughs) All right. And on that note, thank you, as always, for listening into the show. It's been an honor providing you with entertainment for the last two hours or maybe one and a half hours if you listen to us on one and a half speed. Mm, I started doing that this past week. It's revolutionary. I know. I don't yeah. know why I never did it I've, before. Yeah, I, I do it on a lot of podcasts as well. I wonder how many people listen to us that way and don't even know what our actual voices really sound like. By the way, if you do listen at one and a half speed, I want to suggest, Sydney, download the app Overcast. It's really good at not only doing the one and a half speed, but it will trim silence so it's it saves even more precious seconds hmm. nice. i don't know if i it's like a nicer the, the it's second a, thing uh not to put down the app if you want that it's fine, a it's a smart it, it, you don't notice it but not. i feel like like uh like you know certain pauses add something to a conversation mm-hmm. you know you, mm-hmm. you can pick something up from that yeah, yeah it's, could, you yeah, don't want an, uh, uh, an app uh, editing you. I haven't I I've only done it on interview shows. I haven't done like a comedy podcast where I, I would like I haven't listened to What about to a show like ours that's both? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the right. speed thing I can understand cuz like at least everything stays in proportion. Yeah, right? that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Up to you. But you can always follow us facebook.com/metalinjectionlivecast and my livecast. If you're going to the New Japan Ring of Honor show at Madison Square Garden, Noah, Dorinsky, and I, we will be there. It'll be fun. We're going on Saturday. And Mrs. Dorinsky. Is she good? Wait, what? Yeah, she's not. No, she said she didn't want to go. Oh, I thought she was. What am I thinking of? The Dallas show? Oh, well, that I knew already. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was. Oh, wow. I'm confused. And on that note. (laughs) Sorry. you (laughs) You can't meet Mrs. Dorinsky there. Uh, yeah, let's get out of here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But uh, here's our tribute to David D. Rainman. That Jay Rustin will most likely like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He'll love this. Bye, everybody. Hello, music, my on you
Find the Metal Injection livecast on iTunes, or you can go to metalinjection.net slash livecast.